Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. Hey, today is Mother's Day. If you have not picked up, if you have not seen, if you have not gathered, today is Mother's Day. And if you are a mom and you are part of what is happening today, there are two things as we started leaning into today that I told the team, I want you to leave here today knowing. One is that you are seen. I want you to know that you are seen. Mothers, there is so much that you do that no one ever sees that you do. There are so many things that you put in, so many prayers that you pray, so many activities that you're involved in, so many little details that you pay attention to that no one else may ever see. I want you to know that they impact the people in your life and they see it, and more than that, that God sees you. You are so seen, mother, right where you are. And the other thing that I wanted you to leave here knowing is that you are strong. You are able, you are capable, you were built for this, you were made for this, this is the hour, this is the time, those are the children, that's the family that God created you for. You, mama, are strong and you are able and you are ready for the moment that he has called you to. You are strong. If you don't hear anything else before you leave today, hear that you are seen and you are strong. If you have a mother in your life, you should let her know today that you see her that you see what she does, that you see her incredible strength. Now today is Mother's Day and we have a message today that is specially designed and curated for moms, no doubt. But don't fear if you are not a mom, if you are not even a female. The good news for you is that truth is transferable. So every time I say mom, you just swap out your name for that spot. Every time I refer to mothers, you just swap out your name for that spot because the truth of who Jesus is, the truth of his power works in every situation of our lives. So I don't care what situation you joined the message here from today, the word of God is still living and active and ready to apply to your life today. And the title of my message today, it may not surprise you to find out, is Strong as a Mother. So why don't you just look at somebody next to you and say, you are strong as a mother. There is so much strength in moms. I am continually in awe of these incredible creatures called mothers in our lives. I am incredibly in awe and in inspired and just in, in complete wonder of the gift that mothers are in our lives, these carriers of other people, these women who are resilient through season and after every season, these women who make space in their hearts, in their lives for other people, these 
cutters of corn off of the cob, these cutters of crusts off of sandwiches, these cutters of budgets to make sure that you can get to every activity that you need to get to and be involved in everything that you want to be a part of who send you off to camps, these women who stand up next to you when your heart is broken and who fix boo-boos on knees and then who walk you into interviews and teach you how to sit and how to answer questions. I am in awe of the strength of resilience of mothers who have learned new skills over the last 12 months, who have learned how to be teachers and leaders and CEOs and meal preparers all at the same time, who found something in themselves that they didn't know was there. I am in awe of you, mother. You are strong where you stand, mama. You are strong for what God made you for. You have learned how to be a grandmother over technology. You have learned how to reach someone who lives on the other side of the country or the other side of the world. You have continually in every season risen to the challenge. You amaze me with your strength, with your poise, with your resilience, with your tenacity, with your ability to carry others, to sacrifice for others because that's what it is to be a mother. You are strong in every single moment. And I am in awe of who God has made you to be. But mom, do you ever feel a little bit weak sometimes? Do you ever feel like it's a bit much to carry? Does the weight ever start to feel a little bit heavier than what you want it to feel? Do you feel emotionally thin like you are all the way at your end? Like maybe all the strength that you demonstrate isn't always the strength that you feel because it has been a lot to carry. Last year, in the middle of a very uh, intense year, we birthed our third son. We moved houses. Everything was pandemic. Everything was crazy. Everything was wild. And I was doing what moms do. I was finding ways to gird up. I was finding ways to carry. I was finding ways to get to all of the different things that we have to get to. And I thought I was doing okay at it, but I wasn't doing as great at it as I thought that I was because finally Phil told me one day, I need you to go away for a day. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And I started running him all the list of all the important things that I do and why I would, you know, not be able to leave for even 24 hours and how little the baby was still who was not sleeping through the night yet, adding to my emotional exhaustion and all of the different meals that he doesn't know that happen throughout the day and all of the things and all of the things and all of the lists and all of the reasons. And finally, he looked back at me and he said, you are no good to us like this. I need you to go away because I was at my end. I had found the end of myself. I had found the end of my rope. I was short with my family. I was exhausted at every turn. The only thing I was looking for in every day was a 15 minute interval when I could potentially squeeze in a nap. I was all the way at the end of myself. And if you find yourself or if you have ever found yourself all the way at the end of yourself, I have good news for you today. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. 
This is where we're going to take our text from today because when we find ourselves all the way at the end of ourselves, Paul has some encouragement for us. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, it says, But he said to me, this is Paul quoting God answering him, he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. So that the power of Christ may rest on me, I will boast all the more of my weakness, not of my strength, of my weakness. Now, what's going on in here? This, of course, is a letter that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. He's writing them to encourage them. And if you back up in the chapter, which I hope you'll do this week to read the rest of the context, you'll know that Paul begins to boast, but he's not boasting of all of his strengths, of all of his accolades, though he had many. There were many things that Paul could have boasted of that he had achieved in his life, all of the things that he knew, all of the things that he had accomplished, all of his tenacity for building the kingdom of God. He had plenty good that he could have boasted in, but instead he begins to boast of what he calls this affliction, this weakness that he has in his life, this thing that he has in his life, and he says that he cried out to God that he prayed on three different occasions, God, remove this weakness from me. Make me strong in this area. Take this affliction away from me. How many times are there things in our life that we say, if this thing would just go away, if this situation would just be resolved, but God doesn't take it away from him and God doesn't resolve it and God doesn't fix it for him. Instead, he answers him and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Maybe it's not that encouraging, but the thing that feels like it's weighing you down might not go away from your life. You might still have to carry that burden. You might still have to show up for those tasks. You still might have to be present in the moment when you wish that you could disconnect. But the good news for you is that his grace is sufficient for you today. The message is still true for you today as it was then. If you feel worn out, if you feel afflicted, if you feel at the end of yourself like your rope is getting thin and you're not sure if it's going to bend much longer until it absolutely snaps, his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is all that you need for the moment that you're in. Oh, he sees you right where you are, mama. He sees all of the things that you do. He sees you crying over cupcakes and he sees you longing for them to call you. He sees you wondering if all of the things that you taught them are gonna hold as you send them off to college. He sees you in all of the moments where you're not quite sure if you can gusto, if you have all that it takes for the thing that you're doing right here and right now. In the moment when you are weak, he sees you in that moment still and it's right then that his power is made perfect perfect in you. It's right in the moment where you find yourself at the end of yourself that his grace shows up for you. His power works best when we need it most and we feel worthy of it least. 
in the very moment that I feel. When, when I think that I have it all together, when I feel like my skills are what it takes to get to this moment, when I feel like I can build it up on my own, when I feel like I can accomplish it, when I look at a problem and say, I have all of the answers that I need for this situation, then I don't really need his power all that much. I certainly don't think that I need it all that much. But when I come to the moment, and if you've ever held a brand new baby in your arms and heard the words, okay, you can take them home now, you know what it is to look and think, I have not been prepared for this moment right here. His grace is sufficient for you in that moment. That is exactly the moment when God shows up and he begins to show off in your life, when his power begins to demonstrate, when his power becomes made perfect, shows its completion in your life, is the moment when you feel most inadequate. So if you find yourself navigating the uncharted territory of blended families, his power is about to be made perfect in your life because his grace is sufficient for that moment. If adoption wasn't your plan, but infertility has led you to this moment. His grace is sufficient for you. If you don't feel up to the task of parenting that teenage son, his grace is sufficient for you. When the budget feels tight, when comparison is sneaking in, when the distance and the separation seems too far and too much, when the arguments seem too far, his grace is sufficient for you. He is able, he is capable, he will show up when you cannot. His grace is sufficient for you. And there are a couple of keys in this scripture, in this short few lines that I want to draw our attention to that I think Paul does so well that allow his grace to show up and be made sufficient in Paul. The first is that he acknowledges his weakness. He acknowledges the weakness that he has, the affliction that he's carrying. And maybe that seems basic to you, but we are so acculturized to avoiding our weaknesses. We are so acculturized to presenting our strengths and repackaging our weaknesses and pretending like we don't have any actual weaknesses and like we don't carry any weaknesses at all. We're so built into this idea of reframing everything. And while there's something positive to be said of not seeing failures as failures, but as opportunities to learn something new, there's also something to be said with just flat line knowing I am weak in this area. This is a space in my life that I'm not strong. Humility is not just making myself low, it is properly evaluating myself. The ability to look evenly and say, I am good at this, and I am not good at that. This is an area of weakness for me. But instead, we live in this perpetual state of having to pretend like we don't have any areas of weakness, pretending like we have to repackage everything in our life. I did a thing the other day that you're never supposed to do. I was reading a, um, a, like a statement of a leader that I follow on Facebook, and I thought it was really good. They were talking about like, our weaknesses and re-strengthening in our weaknesses, and then that part's good. This is the part that you're not supposed to do. I got in the comments. Yeah, I started reading the comments that other people were posting on the, the statement that was a good statement, and there was this one comment, 
I'm going to take you guys on my journey now. Since I went in the comments, you need to come down into the comments with me. So in the comments, there was this person that went on for like two paragraphs, right? Hijacking someone else's post about how, can, but can we not say that we have weaknesses? Could we use instead the word, um, I think she wanted him to use the word vulnerability, that we have vulnerabilities in our life instead of weaknesses. And it was like on and on and on. I was like, my goodness. And then I need to confess to you today that then that's when I really did the thing that you really aren't supposed to do. And I didn't just observe the comments, I got in the comments. Lord help me. I know you do not, do not do as I have done today. When you go home and you get on Facebook, do not get in the comments. But it just kind of, I think it was because I was already, this is a couple months ago, but I was already meditating on this scripture and I was preparing for today. And I was just like, no, baby, no. Vulnerability and weaknesses are not the same thing. It takes vulnerability to admit that you have weaknesses, but you need to be able to rightly assess yourself and say, I have some weaknesses. I have some places that I have been afflicted. I have some things that I'm carrying in my life that are not altogether lovely, that are not altogether perfect. I have a tendency when I'm tired to get snippy and short and exhausted with the people in my life and not speak to them in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It is a weakness in my life that when I'm hungry, I'm a little bit emotional and I'm likely to go off on you. I have some weaknesses in my life. And if we are going to carry each other's burdens, we have to be willing to admit that I have a burden that I need for you to carry. So no, I'm not going to repackage my weakness so it makes you feel more comfortable. And no, I'm not going to repackage my weakness so that it pictures better on Instagram. I need you to know that I have some places that I am am weak in my life. I have some spaces in my life that are not strengthened yet. I have some holes and some gaps inside of me. And it is in that place that I come to him and I say, in this weakness, your grace is made sufficient in me. In this place, your power is made perfect in me. Wherever you are, I invite you to take some time this week and assess in your life, where is it that I am weak? Where is it that I need his power to be poured out on the inside of me? Because his grace is sufficient for that place. And then Paul got really unconventional. He didn't just admit that he had a weakness. He started boasting about his weakness. He started telling everybody, I have this weakness. I have a weakness. Let me tell you about my weak place in my life. He started boasting for line on line on line. He starts boasting all the more, he says, of his weakness. But here's the caveat. He boasted about his weakness without being messy, okay? We need to learn from Paul that it is possible for me to boast about the fact that I am weak without getting messy, without sharing every last. Have you ever had that conversation with somebody where you're like, my God, we just met five minutes ago. I did not need to know the intricate details of who said what, which led to your divorce and how your mother-in-law responded and what's happening with your psychiatrist right now. That's messy. 
I know that that's your place of weakness, and I appreciate about you that you can acknowledge it, and I'm grateful for you that God is pouring out in that place in your life because his grace is sufficient. But what Paul does is he says, I have this weakness, and then he never actually gets into the details of it. He so much doesn't get into the details of it that there are dozens of commentaries, probably hundreds of commentaries. I have read dozens of commentaries. I am sure in the history of Christendom there are hundreds of commentaries of theologians and scholars guessing and supposing and wanting to know what is this affliction that Paul speaks of. And isn't that just like people, like as soon as you say, I have this weakness that everybody wants to get down in the details of it? But guess what Paul never does? He never tells him what it is. Apparently, the people who needed to know what his affliction was knew what his affliction was, and he didn't think it was relevant for everybody to know what his affliction was. The part that he thought was relevant was for you to know that he knew that I have a place in my life where I am weak, and I will boast all the more of it because that is the place in my life that God shows that is the place in my life that his grace is made sufficient. So we acknowledge that we have weaknesses. We boast all the more about our weaknesses without getting messy. Don't make me get in your comments when I see you sharing too much of your too much on Facebook. And then he learns to rest in that power. When he found that place, when he said, Fine, if this thing is not going to be removed from me, if this thing is going to be part of my journey, if this affliction is part of what I have to bear, then I am going to let your power rest in me, and I am going to rest in that power. Paul knew that there were parts of him that were places that were not polished. He knew that there were parts of him that were not everything that they were meant to be. He knew that there were parts of him that had the potential to hold him back, but instead he allowed the power of God to flow into that place, and it was his acknowledgement of that weakness, his acknowledgement of it through boasting that made room for the power of Christ to rest on him, to continue working in his life, to continue flowing through him, to continue moving from him to the people that he served, that he led. He allowed himself to rest in the sufficiency of the grace of the finished work of the cross. He rested in the power, and it continued to work through him. Now, I want to tell you the story of some women who were made strong in their weakness, who took their place of weakness, who took their place of disempowerment and allowed the power of God to move through them. You can turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus because these are women who did not have leadership titles they had no socioeconomic power. They were completely disempowered and they were unnoticed in the place that they were. They were women who were often left to their own. They were those who showed up to walk others through something that they had never gone through on their own, yet they carried other people, yet they continued to show up, yet they were seen by God, and yet their names are written in Scripture although many of you probably don't know their names. Unlike women who are more well-known whose names are not told, like the woman at the well or the woman with the issue of blood, these two women's names got written in Scripture. 
Their names are Shifra and Arpua. They are the midwives who served in Egypt. And when we come to the scripture in Exodus 1, Pharaoh has just given them an edict to abort every male baby who is born. These midwives, these women who have little to no power in the environment that they are in, but they were women of strength because they were women who feared God. They were women who allowed their place of weakness, their place of openness, their place of affliction become the place where his sufficient grace flowed through them. And in Exodus 1:19 it says, "So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, "Why have you done this and let the male children live?" And the midwives said to Pharaoh, "Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and they give birth before a midwife comes to them." These would midwives these women of strength, these women who defied all of the odds, these women who stood up to the Pharaoh, to the very person of power who had the ability to take their lives, these women found a way, they found leadership because though they weren't given titles and though they weren't given positions, they found a way to influence the outcome in the very place that they were. This last chapter tells us that God honored these women. He honored them in the most incredible way because in the place of their weakness, in the place when they could have tapped out, in the place where they could have bent to what man was saying, when the place where they could have built, bent to what their government was telling them, these women stood up and feared God instead. And his power was made complete in them. They, they brought before him, first of all, this place of weakness, this place of their barrenness. These women were not women who had children. By being midwives, they would have been in the position of midwives because they had been barren, because they had not yet had children, and likely because they were unmarried, which for right here and right now is not an affliction unless it's a longing of your heart, but for the time that they were in would have been an incredible mar on their life, would have been a place of heaviness, would have been a place of disappointment, of great despair for them. And the scripture tells us that because they honored God, that God God then returned to them and gave them families and children of their own. But what I want you to notice is that it's the place of their unanswered prayer, their place of their barrenness that positioned them to fulfill the very plan and the purpose and the thing that God needed for them to do in that moment. Midwives were women who didn't have children. Had these women had children earlier, they would not have been in that place. But because they didn't have the thing that they had cried out to God for, because they were still barren, God positioned them in a place for his power to be made complete in their lives. What is the thing that you have been longing for God to fulfill? The thing that you have been wondering why he won't answer in your life? The place of longing, of hurting, of heartbreak for you, for your here, for your right now, that you are wondering, God, what are you doing in this moment? Perhaps instead of seeking the thing, seek his heart, seek his strength, seek his power in your life so that he can pour out into that place because that place of emptiness, that place of barrenness, that place of longing, 
longing in your life could be the very place that he is waiting for his sufficient grace to show up in your life, for his power to be made perfect in your life. Because these women did not have what they longed to have. God walked them into a place where hundreds of children were saved, potentially thousands of children were saved. And among the children that were saved, they saw a world changer, a deliverer brought in. During this time, under these women's protection is when Moses would have been birthed and would have been saved as he was brought in, as they told this kind of sideways half-truth about these strong, radical Hebrew women who give birth faster than the Egyptian women do and they delayed their coming to make sure that he could still show up. The place that you are longing for a thing is the place that God is longing to show up with his sufficiency in your life. There is power that can come to you in the place where you are waiting in that unanswered prayer. And these women went unnoticed. They were called before Pharaoh and then it says weeks and days went on child after child after child was born they were used to kind of just doing their thing without anybody paying attention to them and it was the very fact that they were so often unnoticed so often able to just slide in and slide out to work under the radar that gave them the ability to save child after child after child after child it might not be the praise that you need it might not be the accolade that you need but not being noticed might be the covering of his wing giving you a hidden place to fulfill the purpose that he has in your life sometimes the front place is not the place you need to be sometimes it's sneaking in through the back door to make sure that baby makes it all the way to the place that it has to be. There are women in this story who were weak, who were unnoticed. There are women in this story who were not given power in the story, but instead they allowed his grace to be made sufficient in their lives. They allowed his power to be made perfect in his life. Women of God, I want you to hear today that it takes every woman in her place, acknowledging her place of weakness, acknowledging her place of 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 openness acknowledging her place of lack to allow his power to be made complete it took the midwives saying I have this place of barrenness I have this place where I'm unnoticed I have so little power but I have a power from above and my fear of God is greater than my fear of this edict and so I'm gonna let these babies live it took the strength of a woman named Jochebed who is the mother the biological mother of Moses who said I have strength even though I have weakness in the faith of God to protect this child that he is Jehovah Jireh who will provide so I'm going to wrap him in a basket and I'm going to send him down the river. The very river that was meant to be his destruction became his, his road to redemption as she sent him off. It took strength in a little woman named Miriam who was able to wait on the side of a riverbank and knew her moment when she saw it and stood up and said, I know a woman who can feed that baby for you. And it took the strength of another woman who knelt down to something that was beneath her and became the adopted mother of this 
this little Hebrew boy and brought him in and trained him in a palace place. Woman of God, the place where you feel weakest, the place where you feel most insufficient, the place where you feel like you're not quite up to the task is the very place where his power is getting ready to show up in your life, is the very place where he wants to pour out every strength that he has for you. No, you might not feel as strong as a mother today, but before you were a mother, you were a daughter of the Most High King, and he will provide for you. He will show up in this moment for you. He will pour out in this moment for you, and because on the other side of it, there are deliverers that you are raising up. There are world changers that you are raising up. There are system breakers that you are raising up. There are answer havers that you are raising up. You are training them in godliness. You are training them in his ways. You are training them in his precepts. You are training them in everything that is good and everything that is pleasing in righteousness and in godliness to walk in his ways. Oh, you might feel weak today. You might feel insufficient today, but his power is made perfect in you. So wherever you are, mama, you are seen, you are strong, you are empowered through the power of Christ Jesus. Walk in that confidence today. Amen. If you're a mother in this place, I'd love for you to stand to your feet. Love for you to drop a hand in the chat so I can know who I'm praying for today because I want to pray that his power rests on you and that you rest in his power. Spirit of the living God, you are more than able. Spirit of the living God, your finished work is all that we need. You have been made strong. You are the source of all of our strength. You are all wisdom. You are all power, Father God. So I thank you for every woman that's represented here, for every family that she represents, for every child and grandchild that she leads, God, and that she demonstrates you to. God, we offer our weaknesses before you not with shame, not with condemnation, God, with acknowledgement that we are not you. And we ask you to pour out your power. God, pour out your power. I thank you for your sufficient grace for this moment. I thank you that she is strengthened in you. I thank you that she is empowered in you. I thank you that she is loved by you, that she is seen by you. And so I speak over her life right now that from today she will feel a new power. From today she will feel a new strength. From today she will feel a new knowledge, God, of your spirit resting on her in every single moment. You are able, woman of God. You are able to wrangle toddlers and teenagers and adults and businesses and every space that he walks you into because his grace is sufficient for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.